Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming out this morning. Man, it's great to see you guys coming. Appreciate you guys taking the time. Here's what I know. God loves it when you come. And I, I just, I got to tell you, he honors it when you spend time with him, when you honor him. And some of you gave us some sleep, gave us some other things, maybe not feeling your best, had a rough week, but I'm telling you, you're in the right place at the right time. And so I just know God's got something great for you. We've already experienced a great time in praise and worship, so appreciate them using their gift. Amen. Leading us this morning. That is a blessing, a blessing for sure. Amen. You know, with anything, you only get out what you put into it. So I hope that you're never a spectator during that time of praise and worship, but you just lay aside everything and just engage God. So i uh, got a great word for you this morning. I believe you put in my heart before we get there. Just a few reminders. It is the week before Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, the biggest Sunday of the year. Amen. Amen. The biggest, the biggest Sunday of the year, the greatest opportunity for you and I to be uh, out there inviting people to church. They're more likely to say yes to people you've been working on for a long time. Their, their hearts, are, for whatever reason, this moment brings us, gives them an opportunity, maybe more than any other, to say yes to your invitation. And therefore, hopefully saying yes to the invitation of Jesus. Amen. Having their own resurrection. All things pass away. All things become new. I just want to encourage you guys to get out there and invite. We have invite cards to make it easy for you. Grab a bunch of them on your way out. We we don't. We have to throw them away after this week if we have them left over. So get out there and invite people, use them, pass them out at work, and put a personal invitation with it. I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference. And then also we want to let you guys know that um, Wednesday night we're having a pre-Easter prayer service. And so the whole night, Wednesday, we're designating from 7 to 8. We're just preparing, spiritually speaking, for uh, Easter Sunday morning because nothing happens without prayer. And so we want you to participate with us. We want you to come on out Wednesday night. Uh, we're not going to have children's service or youth service. We're all going to be in here together. You'll have some time. I'll praise and worship. I'll share about Easter Sunday, what it's going to look like, so you know how to pray the rest of the time until Easter. Uh, Pastor Trish is going to come over and share what it's going to look like in Tree Kids. So we're all pulling together, extending our faith to the same thing. And then um, we're going to ask you guys, and the seat back in front of you is a card uh, that you're believing. It's a, it's a card that you're believing people that you're going to invite will come. And so we want you to write the names down of the people that you're asking or will ask or have asked. And we're going to stand in faith with you for them to come, for the Holy Spirit to move on them to come and be in service. So those of you that did that last week, we prayed Tuesday and our staff prayer over all those. We'll pray for those again, as well as the ones you submit today in the offering when it comes by. And then we'll have those out here Wednesday night. We'll pray for all those again Wednesday night, just praying for God to move and work on their heart. Amen. So great things are happening. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be a light, to be someone that invites someone to an Easter service. Now, having said that, Easter is our biggest service of the year. So we, I want to ask you guys, if you're normally an 11 o'clock attender, consider coming to nine o'clock because second service, the 11 o'clock service is where we'll have the majority of our visitors. And we want to make sure we have room for people that don't know Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we would encourage you maybe to come to 9 o'clock that day, or maybe even better, come to 9 o'clock and serve the 11 o'clock service, because again, we need more hands on deck to make sure that we're creating life-giving, loving environments for people to come to Jesus. So in our children's wing, we're opening up new classrooms. We're opening up the new building we've been working on. Super excited about that. Uh, but we need hands and feet of Jesus over there helping us serve and to minister to all the people that God's going to bring us. And so again, pray and consider about coming to 9, and then even 
serving at the 11. And so just want to encourage you in that. You are a part of what's going to happen Resurrection Sunday. And lives will be changed forever. Amen? So we're super excited about that. So thank you for doing all of that. All right. Hey, get your Bibles open. Turn to Haggai 1 for me. Chapter 1. We're finishing up our series called It Just Makes Sense. And really, honestly, I I think that can be the title for any series we do because our hope is that we look in the Word and when we discover the the things in the Word that we're experiencing in life, it just makes sense how God had set ways up for you and I to walk in victory. If we'll follow the principles in the Word, apply them to our lives, it really just makes sense anyways because God is a good God and a loving God. He's made a way for you and I to walk in victory in every area of our life. Now we know there's struggles and challenges that come with it, and typically it's getting our way lined up with his way, or getting our mind or our thoughts in line with his thoughts, because his ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways, the Bible says. So it's important for you and I to get lined up with God, because if we're following the thoughts and abilities of man, we're limiting God working in our life. Can I just say this? God's way doesn't need any improvement. (laughs) How do you improve on perfection, right? God does everything perfect, and his ways don't need any improvement. He doesn't need our tweaking. He doesn't need our help, in a sense, helping him see the world we live in today. I know, God, you wrote these a long time ago. Let me help you in today's world. You know, his word is timeless. It's up to you and I to get on board with what God has established in his word. It just makes sense that the creator of the universe and the love that he has for you and I would have the way that's best for us. And so we're looking at that and applying that to our life. Um, Really, the theme, if you will, or the flavor of the series is life and money. There's such a struggle and challenge with our finances that creates so much pressure in our life, so we really are looking to get God's point of view on some things that will help us live beyond the numbers, help us find a way out. We found ourselves where we've created some pressure, some stresses uh, last week to, to be people of, that our lives are marked with generosity. And I want to share a really important principle with you today as we wrap this up. But let's start again back in um, Haggai 1. Uh, chapter 5, uh, actually 1, 5 through 7, rather. So here it goes. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And basically it's like, hey, you need to really be thinking about this. Don't just randomly do stuff. Just don't follow things. How's it working? Evaluate what's going on. Make sure the way you're thinking is lining up with God's way of thinking. You have planted much because here's what's going on. Here's what you've been doing. You've been plant, you've planted much, but harvested little. You're working really hard, seeing little in return. You eat, but never have enough. You still seem like we live empty lives. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but aren't warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse or a pocket with holes in it. He's saying there is another way. You need to do these things, work hard. You need to do it, but I have a way that won't leave you empty. I have a way that won't leave you cold. I have a way that won't leave you hungry, thirsty. I have a way that won't seem like your labor is in vain. So this is what the Lord says, give careful thought to your ways. And so my heart, my hope is to just look at the way we're thinking because God's way just makes sense. And so I wanna talk about a principle this morning that really you see throughout, just a thread throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And really it's something that if we could get this principle or concept, I believe it'll change our life in every area of our life. In fact, I think that some of the things that we experience today are really a result of us not understanding this the way we should, or if we do, we're not living by this principle. And primarily, and we'll look at that in just a moment, I I think if we can instill this principle in our kids, it'll really change not only their lives, but change the world, because we want them to be world changers, amen, not changed by the world. And I'm so thankful for our student ministries and our children's ministry that helps do that. Uh, Again, this principle was introduced in the Old Testament, but the Apostle Paul taught it in the New Testament, and it's all throughout the Bible. And here's the place 
place that we are most familiar with this principle. And so take a look, turn over to Ephesians 6, 2 through 3 for me. Ephesians 6, 2 through 3. Again, a lot of us are familiar with that, but let's take a look at it this morning. And here's our key word right here, right out of the gate, the first word, honor. Say honor. And this is a concept that we really need to have. In fact, if our kids will get this concept now, and we'll talk about that, it can change so many things in our lives and their lives. But honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, talking about the commandments that God gave to Moses for the people, that it may be well with you. Listen to this, and you may live long on the earth. Notice the principle of honor. Notice the principle of honor affects how long you live, but also how well you live. I can hear crickets right now, that's just me, but anyways. The principle of honor affects not just how long you live, which is what we focus on, but honor, understand the principle, honor affects how well you live. And so that's applicable to every area of our life. In fact, that's the way God set it up. How you honor God affects every area of your life. Do you realize God wants good for you, not bad for you? You realize God's a good God and a faithful God, and he has ways for you to have a victorious life. We don't just suffer through life. We just don't, you know, crawl through life. And I know that there's a teaching out there that says that we're suff- you suffer for Jesus. Can I tell you Jesus suffered so you didn't have to suffer? And so let's not buy into that doctrine where Jesus would say, hey, what are you doing? I've already did that. I've already suffered. Don't make me suffer for nothing. I suffered so you could live not only a long life, but you could have a well life, or you could live life well. So God is interested in our life, and he's created a way for you and I to live that will bring not only long life, if you will, but uh, live that life well, and that is this principle of honor. And when you study the commandments, the 10 commandments that alluded to that, there's only one specifically given to kids. Now understand, it's for everybody, but one speaks specifically to kids, and we just read that there. It's just this one that addresses kids specifically, only one. Why only one? Why is it just one? Why wouldn't Paul write to the kids and say this, hey kids, here's a commandment that God gave Moses, he gave him 10, here's one. I wanna say one thing to you kids, love God with all your heart. Why wouldn't that be the one commandment that God spoke that is specifically addressing children? Uh, He doesn't say, uh, kids, honor God with all your heart. He doesn't say, kids, above all else, read the Bible. That's important, pray, that's important. He doesn't say that, and Paul, doesn't mention that. He doesn't say that. He says the first thing, the most important thing is honor your father and mother. He doesn't even say honor God. Interesting. And here's why. And here's why I believe. It's because when a child learns to honor their father and mother, they carry that principle of honor with them into adulthood. Come on, if we can teach our kids the, the, the principle of honor, and it begins with the authority figures in our home, from an early age and a young age, the Bible says honor transfers. And in other words, that they will carry that principle of honor into their adulthood and will show honor to authority figures in their home ultimately, or in their life. Ultimately, it will be when they get out of the home on their own, then they will be young men and women of honor and will know how to honor their God. That's what God was saying right there. He says, I want kids to know what honor is so when they're older and on their own, they will know how to honor me because God says everything in life has this thread running through it and that is showing honor to God. And we'll get to scripture in just a moment. Think about the world we live in today. Would it not be a better world today and the people that we have living in their particular ways if they would have learned the lesson of honor to those in authority back when they were children? I mean, it's just the reality of it. That's the world is today. Because then again, it's transferable. And if they learn that in the authority figures in their home as children, they'll grow up being people of honor and they'll, they'll honor authority figures in their life in adulthood, but they'll learn how to honor their father, God. And that then would say, I will satisfy you with long life and it will go well with you. 
What a better life for our kids. What a better life for this world. What a better life for this country. Right? The lesson of honor. So an important lesson runs through all, all, all the scripture, runs through our life, and we need to learn. Honor transfers. If kids learn to honor their parents, they'll be able to honor God. If kids learn to honor their parents, they'll be able to carry that with them into other relationships. So I want you to see something when it comes to honor. We're not just talking about obedience. Obedience is a part of it. In fact, obedience is the act. But you, you know, we all know that you can obey, but just because you obey doesn't mean you honor Come on, you can carry out an act of obedience and be resentful while you obey. Come on, we know that. How many of you guys have kids? <laughs> is that right? You know when they're obeying, but man, their heart is not in it. I'm only doing this so I don't get grounded or just, you know, whatever, because you told me so, whatever. And we're that way too. It's not just a kid thing, we're that way too. But there's more than just doing an act of obedience. An act of obedience in and of itself does not just convey honor, there's more to it. Honor is the attitude and obedience is the act. Or let me say it this way, obedience is the act. Honor is the attitude. The blessing of God is on the attitude and the act. God's not gonna bless just your action. He's looking at your heart or your attitude, but when you get both of those together, because honor really is an attitude and an act, then the Bible says you will live long in the land, and while you're living, it will go well with you, or I'll take good care of you. That's honor. The blessing is on the combination of act and attitude. Again, notice in Ephesians 6, two through three, let me read it this way. Honor that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Honor is the key, really, to everything, honoring God. We understand that, because look in 1 Samuel 2.30. Here's what it says, I'll have it on the screen for you. For those who honor me, God says, through the prophet Samuel, I will honor. Those who honor me, I will what? Those who honor God, he will honor. Listen, in every area of our life, if we will learn, that's why he wanted the kids to learn it. Teach the kids so they'll grow up honoring me so I can honor them. Teach the kids so they'll honor me so they can live long. Teach the kids to honor me so they can live a good life. Teach the kids to honor me and I will honor them through life. Those, because those who honor God, he will honor honor. It's his promise. It's a principle that works in every area of our life. You can honor God in many different ways, and you should. Remember, there is no honor without attitude and action. And the Bible talks about a lot of ways about honoring God. We honor God with our thanks, with our words. You know, we don't just despise everything we have. Can I just tell you, I don't care what you have or what you don't have, we can honor God with that we're alive on the planet today. We can honor God that I woke up in a house. It may not be the best house, and I may want some things done. We can honor God that I got, to, I got to church this morning in my car. It may not be the best car, and in fact, the AC's out. It's not working. It's pretty hot in that car, but I thank God that I have a car that runs. Come on. Can I tell you, we live in the best country on the planet. We need to honor God that, thank God, we're in the good old U.S. of A. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's a lot of things we can honor God with our words. And can I say, sometimes I get a little frustrated watching TV and everybody griping about this country. Can I say, well, then there's other ones you can live in. But I'm thankful. No matter how bad it may seem, I'm thankful. We're in the best country. And I'm going to honor God for putting me here. It's just a lot of ways, not only with our words and with our thanksgiving, which is important for the things that we have. The Bible talks about honoring God with our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says this. Listen to this, do, not, do, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You are bought at a price, therefore, listen to this, honor God with your bodies. What he's saying there. And what, what you do matters. What you do matters. In fact, if you'll read the previous scriptures, which I didn't include them, it talks about sexual immorality. 
It talks about how you're living your life and lust and what are you doing and what you're looking at, what what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're talking about. Listen, we have to make sure that we live a life of honor. Why? Because God honors those who honor him. And sometimes we're complaining or sometimes we're frustrated at the quality of life that we're living, but if we'll look back and see, are we following the principle and honoring God? Because the Bible says the promise is, the principle is, that if you honor me, God says, I will honor you. And so, you know, just by being here this morning, I just wanna applaud you. Just by being here this morning, you're honoring God with the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day, not the last day. It's the first day of the week. You're honoring God this morning. The first part of, you're giving in the first part of your week, the first day, and you came to church, you give him your time. Guess what? God's gonna honor you for that this morning. And I would say this also, each day when you get up out of bed, take a moment and tell God thank you for another day. Before you look at Facebook, before you start reading all the posts that happened while you were asleep, or the news, honor God before you get up and go anywhere. Just thank God for another day, that his mercies are new every morning. There are numbers of ways to honor God. Our time, our bodies, our service, our words. And here's another one, and this is where we're going today. This is the whole series. The Bible teaches that we're to honor God with our material possessions. Not as much applause on that one. (laughs) Okay, I get that one. All right. But the Bible says that we're to honor God with our material possessions. Listen. Our stuff has a way of running us, controlling us. Our stuff can get to us. God says it's okay to have the stuff. It's not okay to, for the stuff to have you. It happens. Even the desire for the stuff can control us. And God says if we'll get this in order, that we'll live a better life. So many people are in a mess because of stuff. And we live in a culture that's pushing stuff our way all the time. Can I tell you, I don't like to go into shopping malls or anything like that. I avoid it as much as I can. But even going into Home Depot, every time I make a purchase, say, would you like to put this on your Home Depot card? No, I want to pay cash for it. But then all of a sudden you're confronted with, well, hey, I can wait. I can hang on that cash in my pocket and do something a little different with it, yeah. Or they'll say, if you'll sign up today, no, I don't have a Home Depot card. Oh, if you'll sign up today, you get 20% off your first purchase. That's it, okay, hey, you know, you know, it's like that. It's like, it's the whole thing about stuff. Can I say the best way for you to live well is to honor God with everything, especially your possessions. This world is contrary to the word of God. That's why when you think about it, it just makes sense. When you honor God, he honors you. It just makes sense. He's the creator of the universe. He's, all our needs are met according to his riches and glory. He's a good heavenly father. He wants good for your life, not bad for your life, amen? And so it's important that we understand how these things work. I got a phone call, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and I answered it, and it was an automated thing telling me how fortunate I was that there was some kind of program that would help me pay off my student loans. I just needed to get this loan or this credit card. And I thought, I spent 30 years since I've had a student loan. I mean, <laughs> What happened? Did it, did, it, did, it, did it fall through the cracks and you didn't tell me? You're just fine? It didn't matter. It's just random. I called anybody, everybody in America probably. It's like, it's the world we live in today. And let's not get caught up in the world's way. Let's look to God. You know, they make it so easy and we get put or get under so much pressure. But the scripture teaches us that if we honor God, it begins to bring order and blessing to our finances. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Here's what it says. What's that first word? Honor, this is a new King James version, this isn't Don Duncan, okay. Honor the Lord with your what? Possessions, Possessions, resources, and with the what? First fruits of all your increase. God, how we, this, God's telling us how do we honor God with our possessions by we give a portion of it to him first. 
Thank you, Eric. <laughs> right, right. So, so, and we're all just taking it in right now. Just, we're all, I'm just I'm taking, I'm quiet, I'm taking it in, Pastor. And so hey, this is it, honor. Honor God and he will honor you. Here's what he tells us how to do this with our possessions. Honor him with our possessions and with the first fruits. And let's talk, look about, let's talk about this. Honor God, that's what he's talking about. And then he's, now he tells us how he'll honor us. How's he gonna honor us? So then if we honor him with our possessions, our first fruits, then he says, then I will honor you by filling your barns with plenty. Then I will honor you by making sure your vats overflow with new wine. Oh no, I want plenty in my life, my life and I want my barns to be full. I want my vats to overflow. What do I gotta do, God? You gotta honor me with your possessions and the first fruits. No, somebody pray with me. Pray with me to have a barn overflowing. Pray for me to have a vats with new wine. No, I'm gonna pray with you to honor God because that's the way that happens. Now I'm not trying to be ugly or arm twist. I'm trying to be biblical. I'm trying to teach you. So listen, again, that's not the Don Duncan version. You read it for yourself. And look at any other translation. It all will say the same, point to the same. So it's the same thing. Can I tell you, it's the same thing Paul's talking about in the New Testament. It's the same thing Moses taught through the 10 commandments that God gave him in the Old Testament. It's the same thing we just read in 1 Samuel. Honor God, God honors you. Honor God, God honors you. Barns full, that's overflowing. Comes after an honoring. Here's what I want you to understand. You can't honor God without something coming back to you that is worth everything you do. You can't honor God, he's obligated then. If you honor him, he's obligated to honor you. You can't honor God without something coming back to you that is worth everything you do. God honors those who honor him. And here in what we're talking about here, what we saw in Proverbs, what we'll talk about, this is the tithe. The tithe needs to be the first thing you give, not just something you give. Our first thought regarding our finances, now listen, our first thought regarding our finances should be about honoring God. And you honor God with the tithe. You bring him the first fruit, the first part of your possessions, of your increase. And I know a lot of people don't see it that way. I know that, I understand it. There's a lot of abuse when it comes to it. There's a lot of people that, in my profession, that abuse that, or late night TV. There's a lot of bad experiences, a lot of bad teaching. We'll talk a little bit about that this morning. But what I want you to hear more than these specifics is the word honor and how it positions you for God's blessing. It's a principle God has established. I know a lot of people look at the, the finances and, and they, they look about uh, at their finances and say, well, I would pay my tithe if I could. I, I see it here, but I, but I just don't have that. I, I, if we had it, we'd give it. And when we do, we will. But I want you to remember, again, the importance of honoring God. Honor God and he will honor you. If you would say, I can't tithe yet, I would say the way that you'll be able to is through the tithe. Or... Honor God and he will honor you. But let me look at, let me, let's look at the scripture together and see what Jesus says about this idea. I just, I don't have it, it's not there. I just, I can't seem to get it right now. I, I, let's just look at a principle that Jesus talks about here in what he said in Matthew 16, 24. He said this, and then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now we, we take that scripture to be something of our salvation. Let's uh, deny ourselves, take up the cross, I'm saved now, I'm following Jesus. But I wanna to submit to you, that really means in every area of our life after we follow Jesus. We are denying ourselves for the sake of what Jesus wants us to do. We're not denying our, our personal wants and desires, our flesh, our understandings, our teachings, our culture for the sake of following what Jesus is asking of us. We wanna be all that Jesus wants us. We're not just being saved to get to heaven, but now we wanna live well on the earth. And listen, the principle here is this, that 
the principle here is what, what you deny yourself of, you don't lose, it gets restored, and I'll show you how. Now, I believe this, I wanna teach this with very passion and conviction, not trying to get a response out of you, but so, because we live this way. And we've had our struggles, we've been married, uh, in fact, this month, we'll, we'll celebrate our 20th anniversary, but when I came into the marriage and she came into the marriage, we came from families that taught us how to tithe, and it's tithe. We've never questioned that, never had to argue, never had to struggle with that. And we've determined that, that we're always gonna tithe, no matter what our circumstances are, and we've done a pretty good job, and pretty much have done that our whole married life, and it hasn't always been easy, can I tell you, it's not always been easy. We had some difficult times, we had a lot of financial pressures, I had some debt coming in to the marriage, we were blessed, good families that were helping us, but we still found ourselves through credit cards and, and just not wise purchases in struggling as some people do, and we've, we've gone through that. There were times that we lived under financial pressure, but regardless of the circumstances, we have always tithed, because we understand and believe this principle. But despite our circumstances, we decided we were always going to honor God with the tithe. So we had to cut some things in order to pay our tithes, some things that we didn't really need to have. What were we doing? We were doing Matthew 16, 24. We were denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following Jesus. There were times that we denied ourselves of cable TV because we just didn't really need cable TV. Now, if there was a way to have ESPN and no cable TV, man, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, right? <laughs> So we, we denied ourselves of some things that we just didn't have to have. Why? So we could pay our tithe. We denied ourselves of eating out a lot so we would have the finances. We denied ourselves as a family, and we still at times do this, of all ordering a soda, because now it's like 250 a drink, so we save $10. We denied ourselves at times of having individual meals, so we shared meals. We denied ourselves at times of not buying brand name stuff, and we could buy generic stuff. We denied ourselves at times we shop at Walmart and not H-E-B. We went with someone sometime, we were gonna go away for a few days, and they don't go here, so it's a safe story to tell, but, but we were shopping, and we are gonna split the cost of the grocery and so Jessica and I were all going down the aisle and she put this jar, this jar that just said mayo on it with this plain generic thing. And then they put a jar of Miracle Whip in there and we're like, well, we got some right here. Like, we're not eating that. And we're like, we're not paying for that. <laughs> all right? so, hey, at the end of the day, the bill, it all adds up. Come on, what am I talking about? Now I'm not saying don't do what we do, but I'm telling you, we look for ways to what? Deny ourselves so we can take up the cross and show honor to God and thereby God has honored us. And so we now, we'll shop at Ross and we won't, you know, we don't go to the department stores, we shop at Ross, whatever that is. Listen, that's just what our convictions were, but we understood this principle of denying ourselves so we could pay the tithe. Now God's blessed us as he said, his promise is, so now we have margin, but can I tell you, we still predominantly live that way. Now we can be even more generous every time it's Mission Sunday. Now we can even be more generous when people need, have needs or a tank of gas or worth a gro My wife, a lot of times, most times that she's at the grocery store, she buys somebody else's groceries. And it's not to say, look at us, it's like that denying yourself thing and honoring God, that works. That works. And I know all the arguments against it, and I'm not trying to arm twist or do what I do, I'm just trying to tell you that when you honor God, he honors you. And I know there's struggles and sacrifices, but the Bible says this, if you will deny yourself and take up the cross and follow him, there is a promise that comes with this. And I want you to understand, in Christ, every time there is a death, it is always followed by a glorious resurrection. Come on, Easter's next week, and it's not only an Easter principle, but in Christ, every time you deny yourself, every time you die to something because of Christ, in Christ, I'm following him, there's a glorious resurrection to come. God is a good God, and he provides those that honor him, he honors. It's a principle, oh, it's just a money thing, you're just trying to get us to give. No, I'm just trying to get you to live a life of honor to God. Why? Because I know then he'll honor you.
But that's not between you and God. That's the conviction that we have and the things that we follow, so I know it works. When you deny yourself because of Christ, you won't deny yourself long because of the principle of the cross and the resurrection. And Jesus was saying, I'm going to the cross, but I'm not staying dead. Come on. Jesus didn't live on the cross. He didn't spend 33 years on the earth on the cross conducting his ministry from the cross. He didn't die. He, he didn't do his ministry on the cross and just delegate things. He didn't spend all that time on the cross. He was on the cross a very brief moment in time. And Jesus is telling us there will be times when you give something up or you die to something, but it's only for a short period of time because every death in Christ is followed by a glorious resurrection. Amen. Those who honor God or deny themselves, he will honor them. Amen. It's the Bible. And let's, not, it, let's understand it now, especially in the season that we find ourselves in. Jesus is telling us there'll be times that we give something up, but that's just for a time. But guess what? It's always followed by a glorious resurrection. Those that honor God, he will honor. And 1 John 12, you don't have to turn there for time's sake. You can look it up later. But Jesus said this. He has said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be planted. He said, I'm going to be planted in the earth. And they talked about it this way. It's like what a farmer does when he puts a seed of grain or a seed of wheat into the ground. And that seed dies. That seed is separated from the far farmer. The farmer is separated from his seed. He does this because he knows after a period of time the seed becomes a plant. And when it grows, instead of having one grain of wheat, you have a whole head of grains of wheat. That's the principle. When you plant something, a farmer knows, you plant something, that seed has to die to itself, and there's a separation from the farmer and the seed. And Jesus says, that's what's happening to me. But there will come a harvest. There will come a glorious re resurrection. But there is no glorious resurrection unless there's a death. There is no harvest of wheat unless there's a planting of a seed. But understand the return on it, it's always greater than what you gave up. Why? God honors those who honor him abundantly above what you could ask, hope, or think. He's a good God. Why? He wants you to live well while you're in the land. And so God will do that, take care of that. He honors honor. That's what he's saying. Every death is followed in Christ is followed by a glorious resurrection. The resurrection was just not an event that we celebrate. It's a principle that everything that dies in Christ is followed by a glorious resurrection through Christ. The challenge is we don't want anything in life to die. We want to keep it all alive. We want to keep it all alive. The problem is what you keep alive is what you're stuck with. Think about that. I don't want, it, I don't want this to die. I'm going to hold on to it. And I want this. I'm going to keep it, keep it to myself. Can I tell you, the problem with that is what you keep to yourself, then you're stuck with. Because unless there's a death, there's not a glorious resurrection. Unless there's not honor with the areas of your life in this particular area, there's not going to be a return. And so understand that whatever you hold on to and try and keep alive in your strength and your ability, enjoy it because that's all you get. Now, I'm not trying to be hard or sarcastic, but that's truth. And understand this, then what you're trying to hold on to will diminish. Why? Because we live in a cursed world. That's why Jesus had to come, because this world was cursed. And Jesus came as a seed for a harvest of souls. Jesus came, died, so a resurrection life could come in all of us. This is a cursed world, so Jesus had to come. So the things in this world are, are cursed. Without a death, there's not a glorious resurrection. So that which you hold on to and try and keep alive will eventually diminish. But whatever you give to God, amen, come on. 
grows and has a harvest associated with it, has a glorious resurrection. Why? Because God honors those who honor him. I hope that you're getting this principle this morning. It's a principle in your finances. Hey, listen, it's a principle in your relationships. Now, let me say it this way. For those that may be in a dating relationship, listen, let me tell you, ladies, if you're, if you're dating someone who's not walking with the Lord, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be afraid. You're never going to find anybody else. Can I say this? If you will die to that relationship, that's not what God wants you to be in because you don't marry projects. All right? Don't try. I'm a... I'm evangelistically dating here. I'm going to try and get them saved and all that kind of stuff. Can I tell you, if you honor God in your relationship, he'll honor you. He'll honor you. It's why this principle of honor goes through every area of life. Why? Because God said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Honor me in your relationships. Honor me in your finances. Honor me in uh, your serving, your time, your energy. When you die to anything Jesus tells you to die to, every death in Christ is followed by a glorious resurrection. Now, I didn't say the resurrection was instantaneous. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen when you give in three days. <laughs> I don't know. That's the principle, though, of the cross and resurrection. Don't ever be afraid to give to God. Don't ever be afraid to give to God. He's a good father. Don't ever be afraid to honor God. God says, honor me and I'll honor you. And the Old Testament believers honored God with a tithe. We see that throughout the Old Testament. And I know the argument here. Can I tell you, I've heard all the arguments here. I've gotten wooden, wooden coins in the, in, in the offering that's come to me that are anti-tithing coins. I, I don't need any more of those, okay? It's okay. If you don't agree, that's between you and the Lord. I'm here to teach you the truth of honor. But in the Old Testament, believers honored God with a tithe. It's important to understand something because a lot of people say the tithe was in the Old Testament. It was under the law, during the law of Moses. Now, there are a lot of things in the law that we don't do anymore or have to do, but the law of Moses represents only about one-fourth of the Old Testament period. From the time of Adam to the time of Christ is a span of about 4,000 years. The law was only about 1,200 of that 4,000 years. Most of the time, they were not under the law, and yet they paid tithes. They honored God before the law, they honored God during the law, and they've honored God after the law. Honor transcends everything from Genesis to Revelation. Honoring God. Then Jesus comes and preaches something in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 20. He's talking about the referring back to the law, those that would keep the law. He says this, for I say to you that unless your righteousness, now listen, unless your righteousness today exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, keeper of the law, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus now in the New Testament is talking about now we live under grace because people will say that's under the law and we live under a new thing and that's grace. Can I tell you, Jesus in the Old Testament is saying the Old Testament guys had a certain way of doing things but Jesus says, I'm going to require not less, but I'm going to require more from you. And says, he said, Moses did this. Moses said in the law, do not commit adultery. Jesus says, under this new time of grace, he says this, if you even look at a woman and lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. And to which they say, whoa, Moses didn't even tell us that. This Jesus guy, he's got a higher standard. He's got it a little tougher for us. And to which then he would say, Moses said, thou shalt not murder. And to which now Jesus would say in the New Testament, yeah, you don't murder, but if you even look on, on someone, uh, if you even have hate in your heart towards your brother, it's like murder. And they would say, wow, Moses didn't even say that. This is a whole lot tougher. This is a whole lot harder. And Jesus would say, we're not living by the law. We're living beyond the law. We're living exceedingly abundantly greater than the law. We're going to a higher level. 
So it's not an Old Testament, New Testament principle. It's not a pre, during, or post law principle. It's not the Old Testament law, the New Testament grace. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus has a greater expectation of us. But it ultimately is an issue of honor. It's what we're talking about here this morning. And so, he said under the time of grace, we're gonna exceed what they did under the law. Now, we don't have to do all the things that the law, animal sacrifices, cleansing, purification, those things, is great. But can I tell you, adultery is still off limits. Murder is still off limits. Lying is still off limits. Stealing is still off limits. But what about honoring God? Has that totally passed away? Matthew 6, 21 says this way, here's how you know. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What is that to you and I? It's a test. How do I know if I'm honoring God? Look where your treasure is. How does he know if you're honoring him? Look where your treasure is. It doesn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. It says where you treasure, your heart will be. What do you honor with your resources is what you'll honor with your heart. And so that's a way for you and I to test where we're at with our, I love you, God, I'm honoring you, God, I'm doing all this. In every area, what about this one? See where your treasure's going. Is it going somewhere before him? Are you honoring him with it? Now, I'm not trying to be hard this morning. I hope that you don't take it this way. But I want you to see the truth in God's word so that we can get our life in line with the word and honor him so we can be blessed. Look what God says through the prophet Malachi. I'm closing with this scripture, Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Here's what he says. Bring all the tithes at 10% set aside into the storehouse, the local church, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. So he says, honor me with your first fruit. Remember, originally we saw that, the tithe, that 10%, honor me. You don't give to the church, you give through your church. He says, honor me, and here's what he says. Here's the other half then. He says, and I will honor you. I will open, uh, I, I will open up the, the heaven, the windows of heaven, and honor you and pour out such a blessing that there'll not be room enough to receive it. If you honor me, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, honoring you so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. And nor, if you honor me, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit before its time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. It's about honor. Then it goes on to say this, and all nations will call you blessed for you'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That word nations, if you study that word out, basically the way I can say it to you would be heathens, those that don't know Jesus, those that don't live for God, those that don't follow God. It says even those in the world that don't know or live God will look and call you blessed. Now let's go back to where God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Or with honor, you'll live well in the land and long in the land so other people will see how well you're living. God wants his people to be a blessed people. But the key for you and I is honor, honoring God. You know, my, my heart, my hope this morning is, and we're wrapping up this series, if it just makes sense, I hope that it just makes sense, this thing about honor and God. And, and we make it about something specific that maybe we don't understand this particular area, or maybe we've heard something different in this area, maybe we've seen it abused, maybe we've seen it controlled. Man, I get all that, but can you open up your hearts and your eyes, my hope today is, and not listen to what I'm trying to tell you, but look at what we saw in the word, and you decide for you. As for me and my house, we made a decision before we ever met that we were gonna honor God no matter what, and we were gonna deny ourselves. and can I tell you today, there are times that we still do that, but now, because God continues to honor us and, and act on his word as he promised he would. We've created margins so we can now be not only give our tithe, but we can be even more generous on every opportunity as the scripture said. 
And so God wants to get you more than you need so you can help other people. But I believe one of the key things that we miss in giving, when it be a tithe, because there's so much wrestling there, is the principle of honor. God is a God of honor. And so if we'll learn that principle, it will change our life, every area of our life. I just wanted to encourage you in that this morning as we close out this series, let's pray. My heart, my hope is that you heard throughout the whole course of this series that God has good for you. God has a plan for your life. It's a good plan, not just get by plan, but it's a good plan. God wants to get you to be able to live beyond the numbers, apply the natural principles and then add his principles and see how he can take you beyond that. He wants to get you out of, out of the difficulties, the overwhelming pressure and stress that comes with the finances. He wants to help you find a way out. He wants to, your life to be marked by intentional ger- generosity where you have margin and stuff so you can be generous on every occasion. He wants you to have more than you need so you can be a blessing to others. And he wants you to live a life of honor because therefore then he can honor you with not only long life, but that life being lived well. So that those around about you, not to elevate and say, ooh, look at me, but they'll say that those that honor God, they live a good life. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.